everybody. This is Louie from AZ Central doing another I Am Your Father podcast. I've been away for a few weeks. I kind of lost track of time, to be honest with you. It's been busy at work, been busy at the house with the boy. And next thing you know, I look up and it's two, three weeks gone by and I haven't done a podcast. It's crazy. Thing is, I have a lot of ideas, but I'm starting to realize, and I think right there I might have been too loud. I apologize for that. I started to realize that sometimes I kind of don't podcast for a week or two at a time because I get so tied up by how I'm gonna how I'm gonna write it, you know? Because my podcast typically like go with or package with a, a blog or a column that I'll do for AZ Central and I kind of put it all together and try to package them together so that they can kind of present at the same time. But podcasts, and I've known this for years, podcasts can live on their own, can go out into the world and run around on their own regardless and completely free of any words that have to be written. And that's why I like podcasts. You can just turn on your microphone, talk for as long as you want to talk. Some people bring on guests, some people edit in clips, and that's all cool. But you can do all of that independent of anything else. And there's a whole environment for podcasts, and it's great. So I think I'm going to get to the point now where I can just do podcasts whenever I want, as often as I want, and then worry about writing words kind of later. So sometime this week, hopefully, I'm going to sit down and write about what I want to talk about right now. And so that's my long-winded way of saying hopefully I can get back into podcasting every week at least as I kind of free myself of that tether that comes with having to actually write down words. But this topic today was something I've been thinking about for a while. I actually posted it on my Facebook a long time ago and asked people if there was any interest in it. And there seemed to be some. It's the idea of raising a kid like my son who has a couple of different backgrounds to him, some heritage uh, mixtures to him um, coming from his families through through his parents' family, right? So, so as an example, I was raised um, entirely around what I would you you would consider Latino and Mexican kind of culture heritage. Uh, my mother, Mexican immigrant, all of her family for the most part, born and raised in Mexico. Um, all of them kind of immigrated over uh, after my grandfather came over through a worker program, and. That's, you know, heavy Mexican immigrant background. My father, I don't know a lot about his family, but I, I'm, I know that he's Mexican. And I'm pretty sure that they may go back a few generations in, in California. I don't think they're as new to the country as my, my family, uh, my mom's family is. But they are, for, as far as I can tell, like Mexican all the way through. So as far as I know, the, the best of my knowledge, just living my life, I'm pretty sure I come from almost an entirely Mexican background. And for sure, I can tell you, I lived, regardless of my my family's race, I lived in what you would consider an, a 100% Mexican like heritage environment, right? I grew up, first of all, I grew up on a border. It doesn't get more Mexican in America than growing up on a border, regardless of your race. Like, I know white kids who spoke Spanish better than, like, some of Mexicans I know. Because you just grow up on a border, you're going to speak Spanish. It's just how it goes, especially, like, business owners and stuff. So, grew up right on the Mexican border in California. Like, we would go to Mexico all the time as children, didn't really think too much about it, never really thought anything about it. So, grew up in uh, on the border around Mexicans, almost entirely Mexicans. My high school, I can name the three African Americans I graduated with. Most of the kids there were predominantly Latino of some, of some, of some, you know, some part or whatever, some country. Um, just Mexican, Latino heritage all around you. It was so like prominent that you just kind of took it for granted. You didn't really think too much about it, right? I didn't. I didn't wake up. It was like, oh, I'm going to do Mexican stuff now. I'm going to go get in touch with my Mexican heritage. It's just kind of what you were. It's just who you are. It's where you. It's what you are. It's where you live. It's who's around you. 
Um, and I can talk for days about the kind of cool stuff that that brought with it. Like just the cool ways of being around the family as they talked, right? Like Mexicans and Spanish has a certain cadence to it. And when you speak in Spanish, the cadence is different. And some things just sound funnier in Spanish and sound better. And you can make the argument more elegant in Spanish, right? If you ever read a book in Spanish, it's amazing. And the way the language can be kind of maneuvered, maneuvered, <laughs> maneuvered, the way the language can be maneuvered is really interesting to me. So when you grow up around it all the time, you just kind of take it for granted. It's not something you kind of actively really think about. And it wasn't until I left California to go to Georgia that I even considered, you know, the, um, the Mexican background of me or the, considered myself to be of, you know, of Mexican descent. It was just, it was just who we were. And I can't really come up with a correlation to that without sounding, you know, prejudice of some sort or bringing up racial kind of stereotypes. But I can tell you from my standpoint, growing up on the border, growing up almost entirely around a Mexican cultural background and heritage and a family structure, I didn't really consider that I there was other ways to live to see the world or other ways to kind of experience the world. Right. We ate a certain kind of food. It was prepared a certain kind of way. We watched a certain kind of programming. We went to certain kinds of restaurants, certain types of experiences that we experienced. And they were just ours without really any knowledge of this is the Mexican experience, right? But then I moved to, to Georgia in the late 90s and immediate culture shock. Like just, <laughs> it's immediate culture shock, the difference that, that it was. I mean, everything from just the, the trees, the scenery um, compared to the desert that I grew up in. And then the amount of, like Mexicans that we had in the border place where I grew up, that was long gone. I, I remember going months at times without seeing another Latino, forget Mexican, just Latino, or any person from South American background. And there was no Spanish, right? None of that. It was just basically just all white people and African Americans for the most part. That, that might be too black and white. Uh, but that's kind of what it was for me coming in from a little Mexican boy in, in California, moving to Georgia, and the environment. The history there, the, the the race makeup of the that region was entirely different from where I grew up in. And what I then learned was kind of my own slice of race kind of heritage. So it was awesome though, because over those years I get I really got to really think about what I where I came from and kind of got a, a somewhat of an appreciation appreciation for it, but no, never really a great one. Just enough to realize that where I come from, where I came from, where I was born, where I was raised, kind of where I lived my life as a kid, is a very unique setting in this country. In this country, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me again. It's a very unique setting in this country. You grow up on the border, regardless of your race. It's a different world from. Um, any other part of the country, just like the Northeast, right, is, is different. The South, I can tell you, after living here for six years, is different. The Northwest, I'm assuming, is also different. But on the border, it's a different universe. And so, going as a little Mexican kid, American, Mexican American, by the way, all you, all you immigration haters out there, I am American. I got my birth certificate uh, on me, and I have my social security card on me at all times, basically, to prove that fact, because I have been asked to produce those kind of randomly. So, uh, in Georgia awesome six years uh met my my current wife <laughs> and uh brought her with me and so blah 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 years go by years go by and now we have a son he's four he turned four by the way it's amazing i can't believe he's already four it's so cool so i started thinking about him and his experience in in his childhood 
here in, in Arizona and, you know, miles away from the border. And I haven't been into Mexico forever. I don't really go back home that often anymore. And over the years, I've kind of detached myself, unknowingly sometimes and unknowingly most of the time, from what would be my, you know, Hispanic Mexican heritage. And I've been teased uh, about that from people here who know me, Mexican people here who know me and know that about me. They can just tell, right? And family members at times have teased me in the past. And and I don't, never really thought too much about it. I kind of ignored it. And as I started to look at my son and started to see him growing up and starting to talk about what I'm going to tell him, what, what does he need to know about where he comes from? And, and I realize now that it's a very important thing. I never really thought about it too much, but I realize now that it's, it's a really important thing. And I think one of the reasons why I've been struggling for how to talk about it and how to write about it for, for you guys, for the audience, is because I don't really know how to approach it with him when, when, that, when we think it's time to. And that all stems from my own kind of issues with my own background. Not the issues of I don't not proud of it, not the issues of that I'm somehow ashamed of it, because I think it's awesome. I, I think growing up on the border and all the cool stuff we did as kids as a result of that, I think was amazing. And I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Um, kids who don't know the border, who don't grow up around it, are, there's a whole like subculture that you're missing out. And it's really, really cool. But for some reason, as I got older, I kind of just moved away from it. And I've tried these last couple of weeks to wrap my brain around why and why do I think that I'm, I haven't got a chance to sit down and write it. And friends of mine have theories that because I don't know a lot about my father's side, I've kind of lost touch with my mother's side. Um, and there may be truth to that, right? I don't like writing stuff that I don't know 100% to be the case. Even if it's my own opinion, I can't form an opinion on stuff that I don't know. I mean, that's ridiculous. But I think it's deeper than that. I think part of my own challenge of why I haven't sat down... Sit down? I haven't sat down? No, I haven't sat down, right? Yeah, that's right. I haven't sat down to write words about where I'm from and where my what my son needs to know about my Latin American, Hispanic, border, Mexican culture and what he needs to know about it, my wife's, his mother's, like Southern culture. And if you don't think there's a difference there, you're insane. The difference is vast. The difference between the Southern American culture, Southeast, I guess, to be more specific, the South and, you know, the American Southwest is entirely different. There's some similarities there, but it's entirely different. There's a whole different way of looking at the world. There's a whole different like generational experience. I mean, the South has a tremendous amount of history to it. It's the history from the South is incredible. If you spend time and really want to go and study it, it's incredible. It's layered racially. It's divisive at times. Um, it's proud. I, I've, I, I really was surprised because I just didn't know the, the amount of the Southern pride that exists and not, you know, not the liquor. I think it's a liquor, right? Southern pride, no Southern comfort. <laughs> not, not really any of them. Just they're proud of the region. They're proud of where they come from. They're proud of, of who they are. And, and it's really cool. When I left, when I moved out of Georgia, I really missed it. I missed the South to some extent. I almost moved back. Um, I miss it. But I, I think part of my challenge with, with talking about it with my son and writing about it for you guys is I just I just haven't really completely confronted the idea of who I am and where I come from and what how did that make me who I am now, right? How did growing up on a border, how did being a Mexican in America during the 80s and 90s how did my own experiences with law enforcement, with officials, with the government, with whatever, with myself, with friends, with family, how did me moving to Georgia 
and taking all that with me and then experiencing it there as a, in a different way. Like in Georgia was the first time I felt like a Mexican person. First time when I moved to Georgia, that was honestly the first time I felt like a Mexican person. When in California, I just felt it was just me. Like I didn't really think too much about it. But you kind of stand out, you know. When you stand out somewhere, you're kind of more aware of yourself. And I remember the newspaper I started at there in Augusta, the Augusta Chronicle, which is a great little paper and an amazing staff that was super helpful to me. And I love pretty much all of them now. Uh, one of the editors there, as I was leaving the paper to move back west, told me that they never saw me as a a Spanish-speaking reporter because I was a reporter they all they saw me as a reporter who spoke Spanish and I never really quite got the distinction until years later started thinking about it and then I realized that that basically sums up why I haven't been able to really sit down and really write with any kind of detail or any kind of emotion about all this and it's because I think for the most part of my life I've seen myself as somebody who speaks Spanish not necessarily as a Spanish speaker and I think growing up on a border growing up and around that culture and growing up in that heritage of my family and, and all of that comes with that somehow didn't really kind of transform me into somebody who has this a great amount of Mexican pride or, or pride in the heritage I, as I appreciate it and I love it but I don't carry it on my shoulders and I don't I don't wrap it I don't wrap myself around in it and I never really have and I, I honestly don't know why and I think I need to figure that out before I talk to my son. I think I need to wrap my brain around why I don't, I don't like just surround myself with that. Because you walk around my house and if you don't know my skin color, you wouldn't really, it'd be hard for you to figure out where I'm from because I don't have any signs of it. There are no signs of it in my life. Um, it's really interesting to me personally and it involves a great amount of introspection. Introspection is not even a word. Self-reflection. We'll go with self-reflection. Introspection may be a word, I don't know. But it, it involves a tremendous amount of self-reflection that uh, it's kind of uncomfortable sometimes. So before I talk to my son about all that, before I could talk to him about how the cultures are different and how he could be a really cool mix of the two, he could be a great mix of Spanish-speaking Southern eating. Like, if you can go to the South and eat Southern chicken, fried chicken, and, and uh, um, all the other food, the barbecue that's down there is amazing, right? The chicken and dumplings are amazing. Um, not really a big fan of grits. Eh, I don't know about grits. Uh, people say you put too much butter. People say put less butter. I say put a cheeseburger on it. That's my solution to all that. Um, but if you can eat some of that stuff and then bring in some tacos and some burritos and go down to the border and eat some really good food down in Baja, California, instead of Sonora, if you can help it. Um, you got the best of both worlds for me. Like He can get the best of both our heritage and be proud of all of it. And if I can somehow teach him that, that would be great, I think. Um, obviously... You know, much like uh, cars made in America, I would like for him to be American first. Like, we're all Americans here. Let's not, you know, let's calm down. But he needs to realize that he is an American. He is from this country. He's born and raised in this country, but his family comes from all over the place. And I'm hoping and I'm guessing there's some European descent there on my wife's side. And I know that there's straight up Mexican descent, like Mexico, like the hills of Mexico on my side. And for all that to come together and, and form him and to help him with his identity as he gets older, I think it could be really, really cool. And I think it really benefit him and how he sees the world. He, he needs to understand all that before, so he can decide how he sees the world. But for all of that to happen, I think I probably need to get better in touch with who I was and who I am and who my what my heritage is and where I come from. And at least have a better a better understanding of it and, and, and kind of figure out a little bit more. And it's a weird thing to say you'd be 41 years old and still not really be entirely sure what your heritage means to you. 
and how your heritage formed you and how your background had something to do with who you are. I have an idea of what my experiences had something to do with who I am. Um, but that isn't always the case when it comes to my race and my heritage. And I think it's something I need to probably work on. So that is my almost 17 minutes version of what I hope to do as, as we go about raising this little dude and his mixed background, his mixed heritage and his black, I mean, his white and brown kind of uh, little facade there that he's going to be. And I, I really like the idea that he has that to draw from. I think it's really cool that he has those two different pools of resources and, and heritage, heritage to look at as he thinks about who he might be. But uh, before that happens, I think I probably need to figure out my own stuff. So that's it. Hope you guys are really doing well. I am going to do another one probably later in a couple days that I'll post later. I have many topics. I got like five topics in my head right now that I need to do a podcast for. And again, I think I've been tied to the fact that I need to write before I can podcast. And that's just not true. Um, I forgot to start the podcast by saying you can find me on iTunes. Uh, just search for I Am Your Father. You can find me on Twitter, Louis Villalobos. I'm also on Instagram, Louis Villalobos. Two L's make a Y. I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't I automatically accept Facebook invites. Um, but you know, whatever. I'm also on Snapchat. Forget about Snapchat. I love Snapchat. Uh, Louis Villalobos on Snapchat. Any likes, any follows, and on iTunes, any ratings and reviews, especially, are really appreciated. They go a long way. Uh, I, you know, I'm just trying to do a little podcast here. So hope you guys are doing really well. I appreciate the likes, the listens, the views, the comments, all that stuff. Take care of yourself. See ya.